Good evening. More than 150 arrested at the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem as Pope Francis warns of nuclear war, anti-fascist protests in France, and the arrest of the alleged subway shooter as unhoused people build more 10 cities at Tompkins Square Park. With these and other stories, I'm Paul Durienzo with the WBAI News for Easter, the start of Passover, and the second week of Ramadan, April 17th, 2022. For the first time since 1991, Passover, Easter, and Ramadan were about to occur all at once, intensifying the religious synergies and tensions that have defined Jerusalem for millenniums. For Jews, Jerusalem is their ancient capital, the seat of King David, and the site of two ancient Jewish temples where they believe God's presence dwelled. For Muslims, it was that same site that the Prophet Muhammad rose to heaven and on which they built the compound of the Aqsa Mosque, the third most sacred site in Islam. For Christians, it's the city where Jesus was crucified and ascended into heaven, where Christianity was born. But the calls for peace that unite these three major religions, sharing the same patch of real estate, were lost as Israeli police and Palestinian protesters clashed in the streets of a city often touted as among the world's most religious, battling on Easter morning for access to their holy sites. The clashes at Al-Aqsa, also known as the Temple Mount in the old city of Jerusalem, on Friday morning before an uneasy calm returned to the city later in the day. The Palestinian Red Crescent said more than 150 people have been taken to hospital with injuries from rubber bullets and stun grenades, as well as wounds sustained from beatings by police. Meanwhile, across the Mediterranean Sea in Vatican City, an independent country within the confines of Rome, Pope Francis called for peace in Ukraine in what he said was an Easter of war during his traditional Easter Sunday speech in Vatican City. During his Urbi et Orbi, Latin for the phrase to the city and the world, the Pope said war and nuclear annihilation are real threats humanity must prevent. Shall we put an end to the human race or shall humankind renounce war? Shall we put an end to the human race or shall human race human shall mankind renounce war? I hold in my heart all the many Ukrainian victims, the millions of refugees and internally displaced persons, the divided families, the elderly left to themselves, the lives broken, the cities raised to the ground. The pontiff went on to address the violence in Jerusalem. He said freedom to worship in the holy city is paramount. May there be peace in the Middle East, racked by years of conflict and division. On this glorious day, let us ask for peace upon Jerusalem and peace upon those who love her, Christians, Jews, Muslims alike. May Israelis, Palestinians, and those who dwell in the holy city together with the pilgrims experience the beauty of peace, dwell in fraternity, and enjoy free access to the holy places in mutual respect for the rights of each. 
That's the Pope. He also called for peace in Ethiopia and Yemen, among other hot spots. Before his address, Pope Francis blessed the worshipers gathered in and around St. Peter's Basilica, the first crowd since the COVID pandemic restrictions that prevented such gatherings. In more protest news, anti-fascist protesters took to the streets of Lyon in France yesterday, protesting both presidential candidates Emmanuel Macron and Marine Le Pen ahead of the second round votes scheduled for April 24th. Marching under the slogan, neither Macron nor Le Pen, claiming the pair encouraged racism, social division and violence. A protester said, we are here today to protest against the right wing. but We are not willing. We are not calling on people to vote for Macron either. We don't like this whole situation because the reason why the right wing is so strong now in France is that in several past occasions, we have asked the vote. We have asked to vote for the lesser evil, make a class compromise and elect a bourgeois president like Macron in 2017 or Chirac in 2002. Incumbent French President Emmanuel Macron and nationalist candidate Marine Le Pen are now set to face off in the runoff in later this month. Uh, later this month, yes, Macron topped the first round of the French presidential elections with 27.6 percent of the vote ahead of Le Pen's 23.4 percent as late as Sunday. And Chinese uh, National Health Commission held a press conference on the food supply situation during the pandemic. A spokesperson said more than 10,000 new infections have been reported in Shanghai for eight consecutive days. The epidemic is on the rise rapidly, and it's expected that the number of new infections will remain high over the next few days. China's Ministry of Commerce spokesperson added, since mid-March, vegetable prices have risen significantly as a result of rising logistics costs caused by frequent outbreaks, especially in Shanghai and other places. The price increase is relatively high. Nevertheless, an official with the National Development and Reform Commission said with the implementation of measures with the implementation of measures to ensure stable supply and prices in various places, vegetable prices have also begun to fall gradually. And in Pakistan, the death toll from airstrikes by the Pakistani military in eastern Afghanistan rose to at least 45 people. That's according to local officials reporting today, exacerbating simmering tensions along the mountainous 1,600-mile border between the two countries. Afghan officials said the pre-dawn airstrikes carried out in Kunar and Coast provinces early Saturday morning killed civilians, including children, and injured 22 more. On Thursday, seven Pakistan army soldiers were killed in North Waziristan in the northwest area of the country by militants operating from Afghanistan. The airstrikes on Saturday appeared to have been carried out as retaliation to that attack. Meanwhile, protests continued around the world in support of Pakistan's former prime minister, Imran Khan, who was unseated earlier this month in a first ever vote of no confidence in Pakistan's legislature. Khan's ouster is widely seen as provoked by the United States. The Biden administration has been unhappy with Khan's pro-Taliban statements. A year after the U.S. pulled out of the country, it had occupied for two decades, billed as part of a war on terror. The occupation of, Gaf- of Afghanistan was widely seen as a failure. Junaid Ahmad is professor of religion and world politics at the University of Lahore in Pakistan. He joins WBAI from Islamabad. The accusation has been made. Some evidence has been provided. The United States has also been concocting, engineering this plot, what Iran Khan calls a conspiracy, to get rid of him. And there's a very uh, understandable motivation that would be part of Washington concerns when it comes to Imran Khan and his uh, carving out 
a somewhat more independent foreign policy than usually the Islamabad has uh, with Washington, which has kind of been very close relationship most of the time with some ups and downs. But clearly Imran Khan, who had been a critic of the war on terror since 2001, he has continued to try to carve out an independent foreign policy. And of course, that seems to be intolerable for the United States and for the many domestic uh, elites as well, including what now seems to be the participation in this uh, attempt to get rid of uh, Khan, the participation of the uh, Pakistani military, specifically the chief of army staff. How is it that folks know the United States is behind this? What's the evidence of that? What is now being called as Lettergate, the idea that there was a diplomatic cable that was about a meeting between an assistant secretary of state, and now he's been named, Donald Liu, meeting with the Pakistani ambassador in Washington, who has been perceived as being closer to Washington than he has been to Islamabad, issuing him a threat that if a motion for a vote of no confidence succeeds against Imran Khan, then we will, quote-unquote, forgive Pakistan. And if it doesn't, Pakistan will be punished and face horrible consequences. Now, this has been subsequently confirmed by Donald Liu's own, at a congressional hearing, Donald Liu's own comments, which, of course, didn't directly say this, but more or less basically intended to say the same thing. And the other thing was that this threat that was in this diplomatic cable calling for a motion of no confidence, this actually happened before even the opposition parties moved for a no confidence vote. The other important thing is what seems to be the immediate reason why the United States and other Western capitals were incredibly angry was his position on this, the Russian invasion in Ukraine. So he has tried to stay neutral. He has called for a diplomatic resolution maybe the Chinese mediating, but he has not been willing, like many other countries, including America's close ally, India, to condemn it. He was in Russia on the day of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Of course, he couldn't foresee that. And since that time, he has been pressured to condemn, which he has refused to, to the extent that he was issued a threatening letter by European ambassadors in Islamabad to which he said, we're not your slave. What about the role of the military? That's been incredibly interesting, Paul. We did not know exactly what was going on, but we did see the signs that a Pakistani military that otherwise was with Khan or at least was okay, fine with Khan. I think that it's a gross mistake to portray it as if Khan was ever their pup. They had similar views on certain aspects of foreign policies. From the beginning of last year, we actually saw pretty clear signs of differences emerging. And in the middle of this crisis, it became crystal clear. As soon as Khan articulated his position on these things, the next day, the chief of army staff effectively contradicts everything he says. So it became clearer and clearer that at least the top brass of so the military high command, some of it was against Khan. But at the same time, it seems like the military is deeply divided, where probably the majority of the officer corps and soldiers are with Khan. The United States, as well as many elites in Pakistan as well, have always called him Taliban Khan, a gross kind of caricature of him and his position. His position was very simple, that the invasion occupation of Afghanistan and its spillover effects, which were massive in Pakistan itself, were both immoral and counterproductive. It's not so much that he now recognized the Taliban, it's that he's always maintained this position. What happens next? This is the interesting development that's happened over the past 24 hours. So this certainly is not the end of Khan's political career. And if this movement is sustained in support of him, 
it could compel the new government that's now emerged to hold early elections. Uh, Junaid Ahmad is professor of religion and world politics at the University of Lahore in Pakistan. He joins WBAI from Islamabad. Khan, who was democratically elected in 2018, has warned that an effort is being made to topple the government with the help of foreign funds in our country. Meanwhile, in the Western Hemisphere, the Ecuadorian National Assembly failed to override a presidential veto of an abortion bill. Uh, abortion, anti-abortion forces feared would make abortion a human right, requiring healthcare workers in the country to participate in the practice. After President Guillermo Lasso partially vetoed the abortion bill passed by the majority Catholic South American countries, unicameral legislature, the National Assembly, which had until Friday, uh, he had until Friday, that was uh, this week to override the veto. Ecuador's current abortion laws are opposed by Human Rights Watch, which contends the country's criminalization of abortion undermines the ability of women and girls to access essential reproductive health services. Abortion was on the minds of politicians in the United States, too. Florida's Republican Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill this week banning most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. It's modeled after a Mississippi abortion law. The Supreme Court is currently weighing, essentially undoing Roe v. Wade, the 1972 Supreme Court decision that granted women the right to choose an abortion. The bill joins Texas, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Mississippi, and other states, hoping the conservative-dominated U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, the Roe v. Wade decision. Here today to protect life. We are here today to defend those who can't defend themselves. And in just a minute, I will be signing House Bill 5, uh, which protects uh, the rights uh, of unborn children starting at 15 weeks. This is a, uh, a time where these babies have beating hearts. They can move, they can taste, uh, they can see, they can feel pain, they can suck their thumbs, uh, and they have uh, brain waves. And so this will represent uh, the most significant protections for life that have been enacted in this state in a generation. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, narrow pro-choice America, called Florida's abortion ban a shameless step towards what could be a terrifying new future for reproductive freedom in the country. Earlier this week, Kentucky ended virtually all in-state abortions with a sweeping law banning abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, restricting minors' access to the procedure, and limiting abortions for medical needs. Kentucky is now the state with the harshest abortion restrictions in the United States. Activist Sarah Taylor is a pro-choice advocate. She says states like Kentucky and Florida are thrusting women back into their role as incubators. Hey, God damn. Kentucky today became the first state to ban all abortions. The only two abortion clinics in that state stopped doing them today. Right now, women who need abortions in that state are having their appointments canceled. Right now, they are being told that their lives, their dreams, their hopes for the future, their plans, their physical safety doesn't count for shit because a bunch of women haters, a bunch of theocratic Christian fascists have taken the reins of the state and told them that they are going to be forced to have a child, whether they want one or not. They're going to have their lives and their futures foreclosed. And if we don't act, if we don't stand up across this country and raise hell, 
This could be the fate of women across the country. The U.S. Supreme Court is getting ready. They are on track to overturn Roe v. Wade, to gut women's right to abortion nationwide in just a few weeks. People are sleeping through this. They're sitting back. They don't even know what's happening. If you don't go out and raise hell and raise the green bandana and get in the streets and let them know, then you are allowing this atrocity, the enslavement of half of humanity to go down. This is not a drill. Abortion is already effectively banned across Texas. A law is on the books to criminalize it in Oklahoma, scheduled to go into effect in August. Today, Ron DeSantis, that Trump wannabe fascist, disgusting specimen of our species, signed a 15-week ban in Florida on abortion. This is going to be the future unless we stand up and stop it. And only the people can stop this. Only the masses of people rising up, raising hell, waving the green bandana, the symbol of abortion rights and struggle for abortion rights that came out of Latin America and that riseupforabortionrights.org is taken up here. You need to be part of this. Which side are you on? Cesar Taylor is host of We Only Want the World, heard Tuesdays at 7 p.m. here on WBAI in New York. The new law that's already in effect in Kentucky has forced states to abortion clinics, both in Louisville, to close due to onerous new requirements on doctors, forcing Kentuckians to look elsewhere for abortion care. And at a rally at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, former Vice President Mike Pence gave a speech reportedly billed as How to Save America from the Woke Left. Pence is a potential candidate for the GOP presidential nomination in 2024. He was number two to President Donald Trump, but had a falling out when Trump asked him to throw the election to him on January 6, 2021. And Trump's uh, and Trump followers were heard chanting, hang Mike Pence. But that all seemed forgotten in Charlottesville as Pence praised Trump in a backhanded way. President Donald Trump was also one of a kind. (laughs) He, too, disrupted the status quo, challenged the establishment. And then, as now, there is no turning back. You know, under the Trump-Pence administration, we actually achieved things that conservatives had only talked about for generations. And we did it all not by backing down by standing strong. And we did it all by standing strong for freedom. The former vice president then took questions, one about his reaction if his own son were ever to come out as gay. I'm just wondering, if one of your children came out to you as gay, how would you respond? What would you tell them? I'd look him in the eye and tell him I love you. Let me say on this issue, um, you know, if we got to know each other, you'd know the Pences. We love everybody. We treat everybody the way we want to be treated. 
Pence has built his political career on homophobia, spinning his opposition to gay marriage as support of religious freedom. But that hasn't stopped human rights groups from slamming his policies. The human rights campaign says Pence is the worst vice president for LGBTQ people in modern history. Glad listed more than 100 anti-LGBTQ plus actions supported by Pence during his time in the White House. One of former President Trump's strongest supporters is political operative Roger Stone, who recently was heard telling Trump to watch out for Pence. Stone, in an earlier post, called Pence a duplicitous, disloyal POS, claiming Pence was working to undermine and replace Trump from day one, with one in capital letters. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul DiRienzo. Closer to home, the alleged suspect in the shooting on the R train during the rush hour yesterday morning was apprehended on the Lower East Side in the Lower East Side neighborhood known as the East Village this week. WBAI was on the scene and spoke to eyewitnesses. Frank R. James was taken into custody 30 hours after he allegedly fired 33 bullets in the subway car, wounding 10 innocent bystanders, five critically. WBAI was on the scene moments after the arrest and spoke with a waiter at a coffee shop who says he saw the suspect and the arrest. Did you see what happened? Uh, not the whole thing, no. What part of it did you see? I just saw the suspect uh, standing in the corner and then I was working, so I came outside to try to recognize him and then, you know, he was already yelling and everything, so he had already gotten to him. How did you know he was a suspect? I didn't know. I didn't know. I went back outside to take it because I saw him with the backpack and then I just came outside to try to get a better look at him and then everything just started going down. You work here? Yeah, I work here. The 61-year-old suspect was arrested after a Syrian immigrant working in the East Village recognized him and flagged down a passing police car. The hero is 21-year-old Zach Tahahan. He was heralded for his quick thinking. Chief of Detectives James Essing made the official announcement of the arrest from police headquarters. So yesterday, we recovered video of him prior to the incident entering the Kings Highway subway station. He has the same black car that he has later recovered on the crime scene. The pictures are to my right over here. This station is available electronically um, after this. This station is three blocks from where he recovered the U-Haul truck that he rented in Philadelphia. The key to that truck was recovered at the crime scene. This jacket, the distinctive orange jacket, was also recovered, as well as his construction helmet he was wearing, and we, we recovered that in a garbage uh, bin in transit. We believe, but this is still early in the investigation, that after firing his weapon 33 times at innocent New York City subway riders, Mr. James boarded an R train that had pulled into the station, went one stop up and exited at 25th Street Station. We also have a picture of that. The gun used in this, a 9mm Glock, which was recovered at this crime scene, was bought, was purchased by Mr. James 
in 2011 in Ohio. We tracked Mr. James and his last known whereabouts was 7th Avenue and 9th Street in Park Slope, entering the subway. Minutes ago, thankfully, NYPD patrol officers from the 9th Precinct responded to St. Mark's and 1st Avenue, where they apprehended him without incident. Chief James Essing. Vice President Kamala Harris was asked about the arrest and gave this response. I applaud all of the law enforcement officials, the first responders, and, um, and the New Yorkers. The civilians who were showing such heroism yesterday, such concern for their fellow person. And, um, and we will see what comes next in terms of the investigation and, and consequences um, for, for what happened yesterday. There's no question it was tragic, but it also did demonstrate the, um, the, the incredible work that is being done by first responders, by, uh, by law enforcement officials, and by, by the community, in this case, New Yorkers. The motive behind the shooting spree remained unclear, with James slipping away from the chaotic crime scene. A police source says it's a miracle no one was killed. The investigators, as reported earlier, recovered 33 9mm shell casings from inside the subway car. And, and tomorrow is the deadline for the only thing besides being dead that can't be ignored federal and state taxes. Mayors passed, uh, including de Blasio, Koch, Dinkins, and Giuliani, all made their returns public to reassure hard-pressed New Yorkers doing their civic duty, but not the current mayor. At a press briefing on Friday, Mayor Eric Adams was asked whether he would release his tax returns. I will comply with whatever rules are in place, said Adams. We do a disclosure also. I think that's sometime in May. So whatever rules are in place will show transparency. For those that are in public office, I'm going to comply 100%. Adams was referring to required financial disclosures at the city's conflict of interest board, which detail elected officials' income, financial holdings, debt, and real estate, but they do not provide as much detail as a tax return. So another reporter followed up. Can we get a firm commitment to release these tax returns? No, you can't, the mayor said. And finally, but it's not finally because we'll be staying on the line to take your calls for the next half hour here on WBAI. The NYPD clashed with a homeless man after returning to homeless encampments at Tompkins Square Park in the East Village, clearing out the area for the third time in three weeks. That was the sound of garbage trucks that were pulling out the tents and other belongings of the homeless men who were evicted from the spot. The latest sweep took place early on Saturday after cops ordered the homeless to remove their tents and leave the area on 10th Avenue, uh, pardon me, on 10th Street between Avenues A and B adjacent to the park. Officials posted notices to clear the area days ahead, but the tents were still there. And John Grima, 37, an an unhoused man who was previously arrested for blocking a sweep at the park last week, was seen arguing with cops 
when the officers and sanitation workers arrived on Saturday morning. Supporters of the unhoused in the park tweeted, site is now cleared. Just to recap, 40 plus cops, including a supposed anti-terrorist squad, showed up at 830 on a Saturday to clear four tents. The community mobilized to salvage as much as they could and residents complied to avoid arrest. This is what is spending resources on. Mayor Eric Adams pledged to clear the streets of the unhoused and create has uh, pardon me, Mayor Eric Adams has pledged to clear the streets of the unhoused and has created 350 new shelter beds for the influx. But despite the sweeps, the presence of unhoused people in New York City continues. And that's some of the news for Sunday, April 17th, 2022. The news is produced Linda Perry. Our engineer is Max Schmid from New York City. I'm Paul Durienzo. Thanks for listening and keep on listening. We're about to take your calls here at WBAI 212-209-2877. Your comments and questions about the news and relating to the stories we've done tonight and maybe anytime this week. Um, today, on today's news, we talked about the violence in the Holy Land, the uh, Pope uh, warning of the possibility of nuclear conflict as uh, the various religions fight each other to get access to their sites, holy sites on the Temple Mount, that one small piece, that post stamp of real estate that uh, three uh, religions, three the largest, mightiest religions in world history hang their futures on and hang their, uh, their uh, uh, beliefs on. Uh, we talked about, speaking of hanging, hanging Mike Pence, which was this, the uh, chant by supporters of President Donald Trump on uh, January 6th. 2021, and uh, we talked about the Pence, uh, how the Pence uh, candidacy has been built. His uh, political future has been built on his uh, homophobia, distaste for uh, gay rights, and uh, of course the James bust, the bust of the man who was responsible for. Uh, allegedly anyway, as of now, anything is possible, anything could be proven wrong, and people should keep an open mind at all times, as, as Mr. James's lawyer said as well. But uh, it's definitely left America, uh, New Yorkers and Americans, because I'm getting calls from all over the place, but definitely left uh, New Yorkers uh, nervous about the, the condition of their city and uh, what is really happening on the streets and under the streets. And we ended with a story about the homeless encampments in Tompkins Square Park. They just refused to go away despite uh, all the energy being poured into trying to uh, eliminate them. Uh, I don't think they're going to be going away anytime soon. The reactions uh, will be feeding that. So I, I always scratch my head and wonder exactly what it is uh, the city and the mayor want to achieve by doing this. Uh, is it really about the homeless or is it in the unhoused or is it more about uh, silencing uh, potential protests? Uh, I always wonder about that. Maybe you can have, weigh in listeners with an opinion as to what you think. Again, our number, 212-209-2877. I'm waiting to see if there's any calls, uh, and uh, we'll take your calls as soon as they come in uh, here on WBA. Again, 212-209-2877. What's your feelings about this day, this very interesting day? It's rare, right? It's been a decade since the last time uh, uh, Passover, Easter, and Ramadan came so close together that they overlapped and uh, making probably today the holiest day since the 1990s, at least in the Western traditions of these three great religions. Uh, 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. What about the, uh, the police reaction to the um, 
the mayor. I thought it was very uh, – uh, I didn't play that clip. Maybe I should have, but uh, there's a clip of uh, Mayor de Blasio saying that uh, blaming, the, in my opinion, the victim, but basically blaming black people, people of color. But he said black people for the violence that's occurring in New York City. He's saying that everybody involved uh, was uh, somehow or another responsible for this circumstance. How, how do you feel? about that what is going on with blaming the victim that a few weeks ago we had the slap the famous slap heard around the world and the whole question of honor what do you think do you think that this is a uh, what's happening in the streets of new york can be changed or ended can we return to a, a time when maybe we were less uh, less angry at each other so less quick to strike out against uh, people who we think are against us. Or, you know, there's been such an increase around the country in things like uh, road rage incidents. Uh, yesterday, there was a man who was slashed on the subway, and he, he, he just politely asked somebody, please, please don't step on my feet, you know, and the person was doing it on purpose. We're going to uh, play Mayor Adams, what he had to say just the other day, and we hope it works. Here it goes. The victims were black. Many of the shooters were black. All right, and that is the clip of the mayor. Now, you all heard it. 212-209-2877. I can't think. Uh, let's take that call. I can't think of anything more controversial to start off our Easter Sunday call-in program here on WBAI. You're on the radio. Welcome to the WBAI News. Your name and where you're calling from, please. On the radio? You're on the air right now. Okay. My name is Bernie. I'm from the Lower East Side. The only comment I have to make is that I think um, don't listen to the people, uh, yourself talking on the radio because uh, it's a delay. People are losing track of the fact that I think the root cause is uh, if we let the homeless have tents all over uh, the city, then we'll wind up like San Francisco. And um, Los Angeles. So I think the mayor is trying to nip it in the bud and not let it get out of hand. All right. And but what the the fact remains that they have 350 beds. They've had sweeps. I think it was a number after they swept the subway system. A total of five homeless people took them up on going to the shelters. The shelters are not in the minds of many homeless people, appropriate housing choices. They'd rather be in the streets and subways many times. All right, we're going to move on to the next call. There's another call on the line. Thank you very yes, much. Paul. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear it. Please don't yeah. – li- yeah, as long as you don't listen to the radio itself. I'm not just listening listen- to the radio. I was listening Good. to you earlier. You said Mayor de Blasio. I don't know if you realized it, but you met Mayor Adams and you said Mayor de Blasio. <laughs> I did. I, um, Freudian slip. The other thing is, is because I, I, I'm a uh, clinician and I've worked with people who were homeless. And, well, you do know that this guy, James, who shot up the subway, he was mentally ill. And I believe he had an experience with homelessness. And so what we have to do in this country, we have to try to get people the help that they need. Um, I know that we have a new HUD secretary, and she's going to do a lot better job in terms of creating housing on a national level, um, better job than the last housing director. But I really think that the mayor, Mayor Adams, needs to work um, with HUD to try to get affordable housing for the homeless people. 
Yes, there are some people who don't want to go into shelters because the shelters are not a safe place, but they really need to create um, affordable, decent housing for these people. Very good. Thanks a lot, caller. And we have another call on the line. You're on the radio. Your name and where you're calling from. Yes, Nigel Chamberlain calling from Cambria Heights, New York. Great. And your question or comment? My comment is um, against the mayor. I mean, how dare this guy talk about black on black, uh, black lives matter, and then black people um, committing crimes. I mean, if you have a whole bunch of one kind of person in an area and you deprive them of all the necessary services and and money back that they pay in taxes from the government um, for school, for education, and everything else, what, what else do you expect? I mean, what is this guy thinking? You know, like, I don't know whose butt he's kissing, but he's making, you know, he's making us all look bad by saying that. What, what does he have to prove by saying, if, of course, if you have, again, if you have the same type of people in one area, I mean, what do you expect? Where's the money for the schools? Why don't you stop building, um, funding jails and build some schools? Where are the STEM programs, the after-school programs, the sports programs? Um, what, you know, who's really at the helm? Everybody's talking about what's going on in, in certain neighborhoods. They're all end results of bigger problems. Where, how come the, uh, the elected officials aren't getting the money into these neighborhoods from the federal government? I mean, it's retarded the way this guy's talking. Uh, he's pretty much saying what all the other mayor, you know, to more lesser and greater degrees. I mean, you didn't really hear this from de Blasio, uh, but you definitely heard uh, comments similar to this from pretty much every mayor going back to Giuliani. And, you know, I remember I, I've been doing the news on BAI long enough to remember back in the early 90s. I was back then we didn't have the Internet and I was at police headquarters and one of the police chiefs was giving a press conference. Top guy. And. He said the reason we arrest people of color and that they're the back then as much as today, the, the butt of violence and shootings and things like that by police is because they're doing the crime. And I, I found I was shocked that back in 1994 or something, somebody would say something like that so bluntly and so abruptly. And I can direct you, caller and any other caller, to no end of short stories fictional, non-fiction, movies, TV, documentaries that show hundreds of years of bloody, violent, white criminal murderers killing the Indians, killing each other in the cowboy days, pulling guns and knives on each other. No end to it. Uh, to, you know, exactly. say black people, exactly. you know, I mean, no end to it. I mean, yeah, this is, this is ass-backwards thinking. The, the police department, historically a racist institution, and now they, um, Mayor Adams assigns um, this commissioner, she's going to change nothing. I mean, w w listen, this has been going on for decades. This has been going on since the 60s. Like, it's ridiculous. The same story decade in and decade out. Where is the money? Where is the money? It's ridiculous and retarded. Everybody... Even the, the gun situation, nobody's talking about suing the gun manufacturers. You know, uh, to, uh, the tobacco companies were sued, but nobody's talking about or wants to touch the gun manufacturers. They're at fault, too. It's ridiculous. Right. Because you lose votes. So many people want to keep their guns and, and are fearful of losing their guns. It's a symbol of power in America. 
particularly the growing white minorities here, that uh, they would never give it up and any politician who pushes it would lose their – so how are they going to address that question without going against these powerful forces but by attacking the victim? It's an old story. Thank you very much, caller. I'm going to run to the next call. Um, okay. Wish I, Thank yeah, you. Thanks. Hey, well, we've come to the nighttime show on Thursdays, on Friday mornings, and we'll talk more. Um, next call. You're on the radio. Where are you calling from? What's your name? Hi, my name is Greg. I'm calling from Long Island, as a matter of fact. Your comment uh, you or know, question? My comment is a very summer comment. Uh, uh, Marionette Adams is um, is in office not because of his competence or his capability, but his, his complicity. I mean, uh, there is um, a need to create a political environment to further an agenda. And he is uh, he's your puppet. I mean, uh, he'll do anything to... Yeah. To be a part of this. I hear what you're saying. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if I – I think that he – but, you know, I can't get away from the fact all of this is accurate. But then there is a problem. There are uh, – uh, what are we going to do about is, – is it a problem? I mean do we have to directly find a way to deal with violence in poor neighborhoods in New York, which tend to be heavily if not entirely people of color? Do we have to have a, a special intervention at all to deal with this? Because there is there are people who are demanding something to be done because they have to live there amongst all of this. Uh, at the same time, um, I don't know if they're, they're doing they're, – they're just using people or not. What do you think? You know, we need a public policy to address these issues without question. But then again, uh, you know. Hello? Oh, we lost him. Just when he was getting interesting, we wanted I wanted to hear what you had to say. Next call. You're on the radio. Thanks for calling. Hello. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, my name's Jack. I'm calling from the Jersey Shore. Great. And uh, I love New York. Yeah, I love New York. Uh, you. Uh, Prior to a lot of this happening, I used to visit a lot more. I'm a musician down here, and I'd like to piggyback on what one of the previous callers said, is that these these problems are the, are the results, you know, these are the end results of other problems, uh, like that are not being addressed, like mental health and substance abuse. And the problem with the homeless people, I think a lot, could, a lot more could be done if you just keep handing out to these people it's not going to go away. What we, these people need a hand up and not a hand out. I think that uh, a lot of what was done back in the days of the Great Depression by FDR with the Civilian Conservation Corps, if you could take these people and put them somewhere and give them a purpose, right now there's no purpose for it. These people have no purpose and to just keep giving them services that were not were denying them services or just letting them sit around the city like this is like the, the gentleman said it's going to get it could end up god forbid i mean i've seen what's happened out in san francisco and los angeles and it is horrible it's a nightmare and you, you cannot it's it's unlivable for the people that are working that that are you know, that are trying to work there and make a living and, and uh, raise children and to have families and to have a positive life. These people, we need to take these people and address the issues of substance abuse, mental health, alcoholism, all these things, and take them and put them somewhere where they can work and be productive. 
whether they're out working in the national parks, but to just leave them in the city like this is is a disservice. To, and, just, mm-hmm. and to just put them in shelters, which is like putting them in warehouses and just give them. They're, they're not, not going. Get any you can't better. force people to go to a shelter and people don't want to go. They're voting with their feet. And, yeah, and well, we know the answer. I've talked to plenty of people well, in the homeless the, world. The, the, you, well, at a certain point, you have to say, well, the rights of the homeless, these people that are these are de- these people are depriving other people of the quality well, of what do you think of we turning work? over all these hotel rooms in new york that are empty right now because the tourists are just not coming back to new york because of covid and fear of covid and fear of crime and fear of of stories they're hearing about people homeless people allegedly taking over the subways and stuff like that they're not coming why don't we give them those hotel rooms it well, works when we get it during COVID then, and then they kicked then everybody what's out. Gonna happen when, what's going to happen in those hotel rooms? I'm telling you, we what's did it. We did it. We, we did you're it. You're going to have drugs. You're going to have drugs. So what? They're legal rooms? now anyway. Who cares? Drugs are given up. We have no. Drugs. It's not going to get better if you put if you give the illegal anyway. The drugs. It's it. It's going to get worse if you give those people a handout. They have to be taken and put to work. If they don't like it, yeah, but you can't. The Supreme Court's already ruled you can't do that. Well, so it's out of the question. You can't force well, people. Well, maybe to do it. maybe the Supreme Court needs to take a look at this because again, and, and make it possible. Well, where does FDR it stop? Did it okay, in if the we stop century, it, can I say this? If better. sir, things, sir, I want to respond to what you're better. saying. All right, are you willing to listen or have a conversation? If you I'll do listen, that, yeah. then what's what stops them? from going after Japanese Americans like they did in 1941 or going after uh, Muslim Americans or going after uh, uh, Russian Americans or going after well, no, leftists. We're not talking, and we're putting, not talking yeah, about but what, going If you have a Supreme a, Court decision that no, says you can put homeless people away, you can put other people away as well. They're not, we're not talking about you putting can. them away. We're t- talking that's about why putting they them made it illegal. These people have no purpose. And you're just well, letting it. Okay, enough. Well, that's F- I'll that's tell enough, you what, enough, enough, FDR enough. did it okay. and it got oh, better. Gone, gone. Bye-bye. 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 All right. Thank you. All right. So uh, these people have no purpose was the cutoff there. I'm not going to uh, – I'm, I'm afraid that you – I'm sorry that you feel that way, that anybody has no purpose and therefore should be tel- dealt with in, in a way you're – implying or less than more than implying actually saying we should take them off the streets against their will and shove them somewhere where they uh i guess can't leave right we had words for those in the old days you know those kind of places internment camps for the japanese 1940s concentration camps that were used prisoner of war camps all kinds of camps in america has a long history of that kind of thing too against workers and labor people and all kinds of things it wasn't just germany and germany said hitler you say he got the idea from america you know how we dealt with it. and also uh in south africa right the way that um that it was dealt with in uh in the uh, by the Boers during the Boer War in South Africa, though they were put into uh, concentration camps of Boers by the English, I think. So uh, even though they were right wingers, it could go. You see, and that's the point. It could go either way once you once you open up the door to that kind of behavior. Two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. We have your. Uh, we're open to your calls here. WBAI two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. If you have a question or comment about any of the issues or the news stories we talked about today uh, here on WBAI. I've, I found it interesting that uh, uh, the Pope is warning us about nuclear war 
You know, I think that's the one we're talking about so many uh, sub issues to the main overriding issue, which is uh, that the United States, NATO and the United States are are being drawn and drawing in to a potential conflict. Russia, the two most strong, strongest military powers in the world, United States and NATO its allies versus Russia and all the nuclear weapons uh, at uh, at uh, at the use of those countries, uh, the possibility of a mistake. We already had a modern uh, nuclear potential ship. Uh, the Moskva sank just the other day. Um, we have the U.S. sending arms, massive amounts of arms into Ukraine. Um, you're on the radio. Welcome to WBAI. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hello, my name is Julian from Brooklyn. How you doing? Question or comment? Good. No, well, I heard um, a gentleman earlier talking about the homeless situation in New York City. And oh, the one who I wanted the with... one right before wanted to put everybody away. Yes. yes. Yeah, they tried that already. Um, but also. I think he was a bit misunderstood. He was just saying to give them work. I think these homeless people just need you can't work. make anybody do anything. No, no, no. But pay to work. We all need. I jobs. know, but we if you pay work. them to work, no. Well, yeah, that might be it down the line, but there's not really that many jobs. What, what? Most of these people are older people. They're not people who are going to be major players in the workforce one way or the other. Hotel rooms. That's what people want to give people. Well, we have plenty of hotel rooms that are empty right now. Yeah, but if if you enable people just to stay in hotels, then that's the standard they'll live to. I think if you give people, no, jobs, they were doing that, good. You were listening were? to all the BAI stories we did over that whole COVID period. Well, it was term, working. I was I at those hotels. Somebody a good job and a good wage and health insurance will help them go a long way. Yeah, but you're and not going to get to that point until you house people up. first. Because I needed the same thing. You know, I was homeless once as well. Yeah. We all need purpose. We need right. people to help each other out. We need people to look for each other. And yeah. we will rise up. New York City will rise up. Right. People I'm not against the idea of the work thing, but – I, to be honest with you, I'd rather see the people who were on January 6th protesting, uh, going into the Capitol and trying to overthrow the government uh, and working agree. for I Trump. I would rather either. see them made to work. I think we would yeah. get much more labor. We, out all, of we all need to work and help you. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'd like to put them to oh, work God. first. God bless. i got to get back to work. Happy Easter. All right. Thank you. Enjoy. Next call. Hey, You're on the radio. Name and – where you calling from? I really from? helped you ground with that guy, and uh, I, I I didn't agree with him, and I don't real strongly disagree with him. Uh, it's just how it's done, uncle? you know. And you get to, I have to judge people on the feeling of what they're saying to me, how that would in the way they're saying it to me, which a lot of it is unspoken. How would that actually work out in the real way? Would it be so great, really? Yeah, but I'm calling for something else. I want you to help me because I'm not that schooled on the term. And I know it's an awful thing. What about you were saying terms like internment camp? What about a pogrom? Not a program, a pogrom. You know what is that is? What they're doing, is that similar to a pogrom when they want to put them all in one place? Of course. It would, it, the Supreme Court has specifically ruled against that, including conservative members of the Supreme Court. You know, they're having enough problems getting the tents off the street. If people haven't seen the Anthony Hopkins film called um, uh, Queen's Bench 7 about the Holocaust, and then, then other people think they're going to deny it. it right. Um, it, it needs re- to be the, the, seen. The, how do you like that. The, yes. And sir, let me, you, no, go ahead, go ahead. You know, I'm, I was brought up a, a wasp. I, I'm not a wasp. I was just brought up in that structure. But I know, and, and 
I had a Israeli, not Israeli, you know, a Jewish uh, teacher for European culture. He showed it a little. He didn't even express it fully and properly, like it just needs to be expressed. And we cannot forget, and my parents and grandparents and great-grandparents didn't go through that, but we all need that lesson. That's why I raised Pogrom. I think I know what it is, but doesn't it fit? And I just want to add that term to your list of terms. Like, in- Yeah. yeah good, good idea. Thank you very much, caller. We're running out of time. Can we squeeze I, I one more call in? I've been in another internment camp. I've been in prison, and believe me, they don't have it correct. Thank uh-huh. you, Paul. Thank you very much. Appreciate well, that. Well. Okay, let's. can we fit in one more call? We've got a minute left. Hello. You're on the radio. Where are you calling from? Your name hey. and where are you calling from? Hey, how you doing? My name is Mike. I just wanted to, I felt, uh, I, I heard your conversation earlier, and I feel like um, there was a misunderstanding there. I, did, I think neither of you are from the right side. I think both of you are kind of in agreement, but might have missed, uh, missed some terms. I think what uh, was missing there was this true notion that a great number of folks who happen to be living on our subways and on our streets, and they want to work. And they want to have, like, a place of their own, a place to shower and the things that Eric Adams talked about. But, I mean, it's not like they don't want that. But shelters, they're at the same time have fear of shelters for all kinds of, for all kinds of reasons we already know. We already but, did the hotel rooms during COVID. It worked. That's what people wanted. They wanted hotel rooms with two COVID, people. But I don't two, think that's an answer either. The whole can I finish? Thing. Let me just finish. I'll let you talk. We don't have a lot of time. Two people per room hotel rooms complete with maids who came in and helped clean up the place that worked if there's a it worked they did it already with thousands for thousands of people help them with documents trans people in like the in the bronx have issues with documents when their parents die all kinds of issues that are happening because of covid that are you know we we understand comorbidity now, because of COVID, because if you've already had a problem and COVID comes, and we understand comorbidity. I think yeah. homelessness is a resultant of economic and it was caused by Reagan. Reagan, no, I, it's not a mystery. Reagan came in; he changed the whole way the economy was run. Millions of Americans went along with it because they were selfish and wanted to get rich themselves, and figured everybody else should work for their own and hell with me, and I don't have to you, and I don't have to have any responsibility for your problems. That's the world of Reagan. It's been that way since 1980, and people like are, me we... are trying to reverse that. And a lot of people liked. Reagan's way of looking at the world. That's why they voted for Trump, and that's why they don't like the idea of the homeless people getting free in their minds, we stupid are, minds, we free are all, anything. Every homeless person this is not, living not America. This Reagan's ain't the America of the neo of the nightmare. Yeah, we're all living Reagan's neo nightmare. Yes, and you know, not just not just at home, but abroad. But the as homeless well. people are the ones who took it to, to, to. It's the most symbolic of what exactly Reagan was about. The increase, explosive increase of homelessness because of directly because would, of his policies when that, he knew damn well that, that would happen. The hell with them. I would argue. And that's some of the news for Sunday, April 17th, 2022. The news producer, Linda Perry, our engineer is Max Schmid from New York City. I'm Paul Durienzo. Thanks for listening.